You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome on in, everybody. Happy Monday. Hopefully, if you are just getting back from BravoCon over the weekend, you've nursed your hangovers and you're ready to settle back into things. And if you didn't get to go to BravoCon, that's okay, because today's episode is going to be dedicated to the biggest and juiciest bits that we got from BravoCon. I was not there, but I did have many of the Zach Pack that were there that were giving me lots of tidbits of tea. I was watching some of the live streams. I was keeping up on social media. Um, And listen... There was a lot that went on. Jen Shaw crashed BravoCon. We'll get into all the dirty details about that. We had a big Jersey brawl in the bathroom between Jennifer Aiden and the Gorgas. I mean, a bunch of, of new announcements, some teasers, lots of good stuff. And we will be diving into all of it. Also, I did see Halloween Ends, which is the new Kyle Richards film. So at the end of this, if you guys care about Halloween Ends, I will be doing a recap and a review. I'll do a brief review and then I'll do some spoilers. Um, that way, if you don't want to watch it, you at least get all of the, the, the scoop on the movie. And if you do want to watch it, you can catch my initial thoughts and then you can dip out. Um, but, okay, there is one thing that I did want to address before we dive into all of the tea, because a lot of people have had a lot of questions and I've been getting a lot of DMs over the past couple of weeks. And so I just, I figured, why not just address it so that you hear it from me, from the horse's mouth? Um, listen, lots of you guys have been DMing and asking about me and Adam from Up and Adam. And are we still friends? Are we beefing? Are we not friends? What's really going on? Why haven't we collabed? Is this shade? Where was the, like, what's going on? So I figured I have not addressed any of this on the podcast because I didn't think there was a need to address any of this on the podcast. And I figured, you know, any issues that we had, I was confident that we could work through them, but whatever, here it is. I'd rather you hear it directly from the horse's mouth. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. We're not in a great place right now. Um, so I'll be honest with you about that. I'm not going to lie and pretend like everything is great, or I'm also not going to try to throw shade or be cryptic or whatever. I'll always give it to you guys straight. Um, Yes, I did receive a phone call from Jason on Monday morning. We did talk for about 20 minutes. It seemed like things had ended well last Monday. So this was a week ago. Seemed like things ended, you know, on on a fairly positive note. Um, But yes, well, actually, there's also this narrative that I was upset that they didn't congratulate me sooner on or after the Beverly Hills feature on the finale. And I just want to clarify that that's not it at all. That's not true. So we can put whatever that narrative or wherever that came from. That's not what the issue is. Um, Jason did invite me to come on their members only live stream. I politely declined and I was very clear. Listen, I'm just not comfortable doing that right now. I felt like there were just still some things that we needed to discuss and some things that I was hoping that we could work out. Um, And yeah. You know, so that's the real reason I didn't do their live last Monday. Adam and I haven't really spoken in the past couple of weeks. We've exchanged some text messages, but other than that, communication hasn't really been what it's used to be. Uh, But listen, I would consider Adam somebody, I would consider Adam and I like brothers, right? And sometimes brothers have things that they need to work through. It's not a bad thing. I think conflict is natural. And with conflict often comes resolution, I'm open to resolution. I'm hopeful for resolution. And I mean, listen, there wouldn't be a deep hurt if there wasn't deep love, right? And But I want to be clear about this. Our tour, uniting our communities together, to me, what we, we made magic. 
You know, I thought it was such an incredible experience and I had so much fun getting to meet everybody. I had a blast traveling with Adam and Jason. Um, I know a lot of people are feeling conflicted about it now and some people want to immediately like take sides or unsubscribe or whatever. And listen, I want to be very, very clear. There is room for everyone here. I would never tell somebody not to listen or not to subscribe to someone else. And if anything, I want you guys to support Adam. You know, subscribe to his YouTube, continue to like his videos, continue to, to post comments and engage with him, listen to his new hot, messy podcast and, you know, leave them a review or leave them a nice five-star rating. I have, I listened to it. I left them a five-star rating on their launch day. Um, I've, I always want to see my fellow content creators win. I always have. I always will. So anything that happens behind the scenes is behind the scenes and should not be reflective of our content or anything that we put out there. I know. Um, so like, listen, if you enjoy his content, anyone's content, content rather, please continue to enjoy it. Please continue to show love. We all work very, very hard, tirelessly hard. And we give so much of ourselves, especially those of us that are willing to put our names and our faces out into the world um, and, and let the world see us and judge us and ridicule us. It's not easy, but we wake up every day and we do it because we love it and we have fun with you guys. I have a blast coming here every day. You know, to me, it feels like this has become like a virtual family. So please don't feel the need to like get involved or pick sides. I don't want that. I'm not asking for that. Don't unsubscribe. Don't throw shade. Um, Cause again, underneath all of it is a lot of love. And like I said, I'm hopeful for some resolution. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. Um, but I at least wanted you to know like, yes, it is true. We're not in a great place right now. We have some things to work out. And hopefully we can we can work them out. And, you know, I think there definitely needs to be a conversation and we'll see. But as of right now, I wouldn't expect you to see me doing any collabs um, in the near future. Because, listen, I, I just want to make sure anything that I do and any collaboration I do is fully genuine and my heart's in it. And, you know, there's at the end of the day. The bottom line is there's still a lot of love underneath it all. So that's all I'm going to say. That's it. You heard it from me. I don't want to talk about it any further. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have DM'd me and they're like, what's going on? What's happening? So that's what's going on. That's what's happening. I send them both lots of love. I mean that genuinely. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I want to see everybody in this community do well. I think we deserve that. Like I said, we work our asses off and we all give so much, even when we disagree, right? Even when we don't necessarily see eye to eye on certain housewives and stuff. To me, that stuff is so silly. If we don't see eye to eye, like it's not even a, a real thing in reality because it's like we're in real life together, you know? But that's it. Hopefully you guys had a good weekend. Um, hopefully you enjoyed some of the social recaps from BravoCon. And if you haven't caught up with them and you're ready to catch up with them, let's dive into it, shall we? Okay. I think the biggest and juiciest thing that came out of BravoCon, and there were many, um, was the fact that Jen Shaw crashed BravoCon. So Jen Shaw was originally set to attend BravoCon, but apparently after she changed her plea, from not guilty to guilty for con, uh, for conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Apparently that changed a few things. And she was disinvited from BravoCon. Her invite was rescinded. Many people are like, oh, well, why is Teresa there and Jen Shaw not there? Teresa was also found guilty and Teresa served prison time. But there's a really big difference that I think we need to be mindful of in comparing Teresa to... Jen Shaw. So Teresa and Joe committed bank fraud. They committed bankruptcy fraud. They try to cheat the system. Jen Shaw, on the other hand, has admitted under oath to running a telemarketing scheme that preyed on vulnerable people. Jen Shaw stole money from the elderly. That's not alleged. That's been admitted under oath. Erica Jane's also been brought into the conversation. Erica Jane has not been charged or arrested and is not facing any prison time. She doesn't have a sentencing date. She doesn't have a trial date. There have been no criminal charges against her. Um, so people trying to compare Jen to Erica or trying to compare Jen to 
Teresa, it's just they're all very different things that carry a very different weight, right? So Teresa's crimes were not were, were victimless. Jen Shaw's crimes had real victims. So Jen Shaw was investigated, arrested. She pled guilty. She admitted to her crimes. People have also made the point of, well, you know, Bravo's exploiting her on the new season of Real Houses of Salt Lake City, so why not allow her to attend? Well, remember, the show was filmed prior to her pleading guilty. So everything leading up to it, this was all alleged. These were allegations. And she was saying, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. All throughout filming, she maintained her innocence until filming for season three wrapped. And that's when we saw Meredith and Heather Gay with her in New York right before her trial was set to start. And then all of a sudden that changed. So it's also rumored that Bravo might not even have her present for the season three reunion. We'll have to see. But I mean, it's interesting. Like, do you still want to work with Jen Shaw? She lied in interviews. She lied at the season two reunion. She, you know, I mean, even this last stunt of crashing BravoCon with like zero shame that she's pled guilty. Like, to me, it's just, it's very tactless. It's very tone deaf. It's very, you know, dismissive and not acknowledging of the victims. Like at this point, you have nothing left to lose. You've pled guilty. So you can acknowledge the victims now. The fact that she hasn't still, and then she decided to crash BravoCon. Ooh. So anyway, even though she was not booked to be at BravoCon and she did not have any passes to attend BravoCon, she still went to New York. She was in New York this past weekend. Um, So Tamara Judge told Lindsay Herbert at Access Hollywood that Jen ended up coming up to Tamara's hotel room to hang out, uninvited by Tamara. Tamara's like, I did not invite her. She ended up coming. Um, And Jen Shaw claims that she is not going to prison. She says, I'm not going anywhere. So, I mean, I guess that's true. At least this weekend it was. She's not going anywhere because she wasn't allowed to be at BravoCon. So she's not going into that. But it looks like Heather Gay may have been the one that brought Jen Shaw with her to Tamara's hotel room. So it was revealed on Sunday at the Ultimate Girls Trip panel that another Salt Lake City housewife is the one that brought Jen in and possibly even housed Jen for the weekend. Unclear um, if Jen had her own hotel room or if she ended up crashing with somebody else. I would assume normally when you have a big event like this and uh, normally when you're putting talent up in a hotel, you book out a series of rooms. So it's highly unlikely that at the last minute there were rooms that were available. And I'm pretty sure Bravo was not holding on to Jen Shaw's room since she was originally scheduled to a here at BravoCon and then that you know fell through so it's possible that she was staying with Heather or she may have gotten a hotel somewhere else that is unclear but anyway so it, it was revealed at the Ultimate Girls Trip panel that another Salt Lake City is the one that brought Jen to Tamara's hotel room so in a photo from Tamara's hotel room we see Tamara we see Heather Gay we see Teddy Mellencamp and we see Vicky Gumbelson. So I doubt that Teddy or Vicky brought Jen. I doubt that Vicky or Teddy knew Jen. So the only likely person that would have brought Jen to Tamara's hotel or to her hotel room rather would have been Heather Gay or Meredith Marks. It doesn't appear that Meredith is anywhere. She's not in the photos. um, So maybe she just dropped her off or maybe Heather because Heather apparently Heather got there later, I guess, Tamara went on Instagram Live and Jen Shaw's there and you see Teddy there and apparently Heather Gay comes in later. So it seems like Jen Shaw was already there before Heather Gay entered the room. But if it's true that a Salt Lake City housewife brought her in, it's either going to be Meredith or Heather Gay. I didn't see Meredith at the hotel room at all. Um, Lisa Barlow and Whitney Rose are not on good terms with Jen, so I would assume they'd avoided her like the plague. But according to Tamara, Jen wanted to crash Watch What Happens Live that night, but security was so tough that she couldn't. She did, however, crash the BravoCon after party. It was a rooftop after party. And from what I heard from people that were there, Jen was quite the life of the party. And she was dancing like she had no shame in her game. And she was hanging out with Meredith. So she came to the party pretty late. Apparently she was one of the last ones to leave. Um, There was a bit of an awkward interaction with Andy Cohen, who apparently snubbed her. And like, why wouldn't he? 
you know, you she wasn't invited to attend BravoCon. She wasn't supposed to be at the party. I get it. People are allowed to bring guests. Usually at these types of events, you usually aren't allowed to bring guests if they're not credentialed. I don't I don't believe Jen Shaw had any credentials and that's why she wasn't allowed to get in there. But I mean, usually when a housewife shows up with an entourage, sometimes security is like, ah, oh, just let them through. It's fine. Whatever, whatever. Maybe it's a hairstylist. Maybe it's a makeup artist. Maybe it's a criminal. Who knows? Let them in. So anyway, uh, I believe it was Sunday morning when Andy was on stage doing his Ask Andy panel at BravoCon, and he, confer- he confirmed that after Jen pled guilty, their engagement with her has been concluded. So it appears, and that's why she's not at BravoCon, but it, it appears that she's also no longer high uh, employed to be working on Salt Lake City, um, which adds to rumors that she might not be at the reunion He did, however, say that he would like to have a one-on-one sit-down with her, maybe like a Watch What Happens Live sit-down. If he did snub her at the party, I would imagine that Jen's not interested in doing a one-on-one sit-down with Andy Cohen. So, I mean, who knows if she's even planning on doing any more press at this point. I don't know. The ego on that one just seems a bit inflated. Like, why even show up? Why crash the after party? It's very déclassé. She tweeted, I believe, Saturday, because this all happened on Friday. Andy addressed it on Sunday. But on Saturday, when Tamara started talking about it, that's when she then went on to Twitter. Or actually, I think it was after Tamara started talking about it. I don't think it was after. I don't know if I, I don't know. I know I was one of the first ones to report on it. Um, but I. it's unclear what sparked her to respond. But she did go on on Twitter and claimed that she was paid to be there in New York that weekend. So it's unclear whether or not she was paid by Bravo or NBC, or if possibly there was like another event or appearance that she was paid to do. I haven't seen her at any other events or appearances that she may have made that weekend or this past weekend. So it is possible though. I can see Bravo disinviting her, but still being like, listen, we already booked you. We get it. We have a contract, possibly. I don't know. I'm just speculating at this point. But it is possible that they were still willing to give her her fee for attending BravoCon, even though they disinvited her and be like, look, sorry for the inconvenience. We'll still abide by, you know, giving you your your fee because we had already agreed to do that before you pled guilty. We'll pay you. Just don't come is what I think she may be referring to and what possibly did happen. But apparently all Bravo talent gets $5,000 plus travel expenses, which includes flight, hotel, and car service. So I can see how Bravo would be like, all right, we, we can't have you at the event, but, you know, maybe we, you know, obviously we still have a contract, so we're willing to still pay your fee. Just don't come, okay? But, like, how wild is that? Like, she literally crashed BravoCon. No shame. After she pled guilty to stealing from old folks. Or, sorry, pleading guilty to conspiracy to steal from old folks. I mean, my gosh, where is the contrition? Where's the restitution? Where's the empathy for the victims? Yes, Teresa is also an ex-con, but Teresa served her time. She paid back all of her money. She cleared things with the IRS, and her crimes weren't taking advantage of vulnerable people. Still wrong, but it was more of a victimless crime. It's a white-collar crime. Not that white collar's fine. I'm not trying to say that at all, but... I mean, I guess Jen Shaw is technically a white-collar crime, too, but Teresa's crime was victimless. She tried to cheat the system. She tried to defraud banks and lie about what they were making to keep their money or to take out more loans or whatever. Jen Shaw preyed on vulnerable people. Jen Shaw stole money from elderly people. Big difference. Erica Jane, not charged with anything. Big difference. Okay, let's get into this Real Housewives of New Jersey bathroom brawl, okay? Woo! So, on the second day of BravoCon, Jen Aiden threw a drink. So, apparently, Joe Gorga and Melissa Gorga tried to confront or, like, have a conversation with Teresa Judice in the bathroom on Saturday night, and Teresa apparently had no interest in talking to them. Unclear of how this scene got set up, right? We just know... Teresa's apparently in the bathroom, I guess, presumably with Jennifer Aiden. Joe and Melissa want to have a conversation with Teresa. Obviously, it's late in the night. Drinks have been flowing. We're a little litty city. Emotions are a little heightened. 
So I would imagine it to be a part two of what we saw of them at the the Jersey reunion. But they tried to talk to her, confront her. Jennifer Aiden seems to have inserted herself, was screaming at Joe and Melissa, and then seems to have thrown a drink across the lobby at Joe and Melissa. It appears to have the drink hit their publicist or their assistant. It's unclear who this man is, but he's the one um, that ended up taking the hit for the drink. It was aimed at Joe Gorga. But in the video that has been posted on Twitter from um, Aria Potter, Aria Potter on Twitter is the one that posted the video. I reshared it on the No Filter Instagram account and TikTok account, so you can see that there. But Jen has a drink. She throws the drink. Then she throws the cup. It ends up hitting this publicist or assistant guy. Unclear who he is exactly or what his role is. Maybe he acts as both. But there's a security guard that's blocking Jen, so it appears that, like, there was something that regardless of um, who was involved in the altercation and you don't see Teresa in the video at all, but the security guard seems to be blocking Jen. So as she throws the drink, he's the one that really takes all of the, the alcohol or whatever was in the cup. He's the one that gets wet, the security guard, and then the cup goes flying and it looked, it sounded like a plastic cup when it hit the floor. It didn't sound like glass. So she threw the cup hit this other dude, but it was in pursuit of hitting Joe Gorga. Apparently, Joe Gorga was also screaming and calling her all sorts of obscene names prior to the drink throwing. We don't have footage of that. We just have footage of Jennifer throwing the drink, and then we have footage of Joe and Melissa just kind of standing back and, you know, being like, she's crazy, and then Melissa's, like, waving bye to her. And then Frank Catania, you can also see him in the video. He seems to then insert himself, and it appears that he took Jennifer to the elevator to, uh, you know, try to de-escalate the, the whole situation. And apparently Bravo was not happy about this whole altercation going down. And some people were like, why? If, you know, Tamara threw a drink and Lisa Rinna threw a glass and all of this stuff. But it's like, you know, those things were on camera and those things were a few years ago. Bravo doesn't want a housewife behaving like this in public at Bravo Con, especially if we're not going to get it on camera and there's nothing, you know, there's nothing to film. We can't make some drama out of this, but... Yeah, things really escalated. And Jen, you know, Frank was like, let's go. Let him take a new home, lady. So other Jersey tidbits of tea. Teresa and Joe Gorga both talked to the press on Friday. They both said that, you know, they had a lot. They've both had a lot to say about each other. Teresa just wants her family to keep her name out of her mouth and stop using her for press. She says that, of course, she wishes Joe would have been at the wedding joe says that he regrets not going to the wedding so jennifer claims that the gorgas are just clinging on for dear life at this point and that's why they have to do stuff like this this was before the altercation but she claims on the jersey panel that had to be split up into two jennifer claims that the gorgas are just trying to stay on the show and trying to stay relevant joe and melissa on their panel because we had to split it into two. They claimed that it wasn't their decision to split up the panel, that it was Teresa's decision to split up the panel because she didn't want to be on stage with Joe and Melissa. Caroline Manzo was also there. Her and her kids were there. She says that she was asked to return to Real Housewives of New Jersey, but she declined and has no interest in coming back because at this point in her life, she just doesn't want the drama. So that's the Jersey tea. Let's talk about Beverly Hills because Beverly Hills was also quite a lightning rod at the, or at least for day one, right? Jen Shaw heated things up at the end of day one, and then the Jersey girls heated things up on day two. Doesn't seem like there was much that came from day three, but we'll get into all the other stuff. Let's talk Beverly Hills. So at the Real House as a Beverly Hills panel, lots of headlines were circulating that Lisa Rinna got booed when she came out on stage. Um... It's very different depending on, or at least the interpretation that I got was that it's it was different depending on where in the room you were actually standing. She very clearly got booed. And it was as they were walking out. So all the women come out. Garcelle comes out. Sutton comes out. Kyle comes out. You know, they're coming out individually. They're announcing them each individually. And as they come out, the crowd is cheering them on. So when it came to Lisa Renna, when they announced her and were bringing her out, the crowd started to boo. And apparently, depending on where in the room you were standing or sitting, the boos were very loud, and you hear the boos first. 
Um, I've seen multiple videos and I've listened to multiple audio from the room from different people that were either live that night or posted on Instagram or posted on Twitter. And it seems like depending on where in the room you were, the boos or the applause sounded very different um, because there was definitely applause. And so some people that were there claimed that, yes, there were some boos, but eventually the applause overcame all of the boos. Other people said the opposite, that no, it was just the boos, that there was some applause, but the boos were so overwhelming. Lisa Renna went on stage and, you know, gave the middle finger, flipped off the audience for booing her. Um, Erica, I also heard that when she was announced that she didn't get as much of a a loud uproar in applause, she did not get booed. Only Lisa Renna got booed. Kathy Hilton was not a part of the Beverly Hills panel. She did a couple of other things. Um, But the crowd went wild for Kathy. They adored Kathy. They all chanted for her. Um, She was not on the Beverly Hills panel. She was quirky as ever. She was rocking her slippers. She was eating a hot dog on the red carpet. So, you know, she's keeping up with that quirky character. It's funny. It's a cute bit. It's a cute character. I enjoy watching it. Um, Obviously, without the context of the Aspen meltdown or the context of House of Hilton or the context of, um, you know, this is Paris documentary, all these other things about Kathy. She is entertaining. She is enjoyable. She is quirky. She is fun. And the audience does love her. I think a lot of her love comes a lot better more from the hate of Lisa Rinna. But at least, listen, she took it the best way she could when she was interviewed on the red carpet afterwards. She said she wears it like a badge of honor. You know, she's like, it's like when people boo for the the top wrestlers in the WWE. So, tis what it is. But yes, there were boos. Yes, there were. they were loud. Yes, there was applause. So, I'm not going to say there was only one or the other because... Apparently, it sounded like there were both compared and different people throughout the room had different experience or heard different things. And again, it depends. Like if the group around you is booing, obviously, you're going to hear that a lot louder. If the group around you is cheering, then obviously, you're going to hear that a lot louder. So she wasn't only booed and she was not booed off the stage. She was booed as she was introduced. Then the panel went on. Apparently, the panel was also pretty wild because people or I guess actually prior to the panel, just getting into the room, people were like, it was the most anticipated panel at BravoCon because people were literally trying to stampede into the room. They rushed security. It was a, it was a completely full room. So it sounds like it was a wild time on the panel. Uh, I guess breakout moments to read through some shade at crystal. Um, people were saying that she made fun of crystals eating disorder. I don't really see that to be the case. So what was said was, I guess it was about, you know, who Crystal would share a room with. And I guess Crystal said that she wasn't interested in sharing a room with Dorit. And I guess it was about like closet space or one. They didn't want to share a room together. And Dorit was like, well, at least if you stood with me, you wouldn't feel violated. And it was a cheeky joke, right? It was a joke. It wasn't meant to be offensive. It wasn't meant to be taken so seriously. But... People were like, oh, my God, how dare Dorit? She's making fun of Crystal's eating disorder. And I'm just like, listen, guys, let's not take this out of context. Because, again, Crystal has not said this. Crystal has not taken offense or said that, you know, this was offensive to her and her eating disorder journey. I can speak about myself. I was just on Sheena Shea's Shenanigans podcast, and I spoke about this very openly. I struggled with an eating disorder very similar to Crystal. The cycle of binging, binging and purging, very real. I had to do therapy for it. I had to go into a treatment program for it. I had to, I guess I talked about it a little bit on last week's show when I had Max Lugavere and Dr. Will Cole on. So yeah, I mean, listen, I can say as somebody that struggled with an eating disorder, bulimia specifically, which is what Crystal's openly admitted to, I can say I was not offended by it. It was a light, cheeky moment. Um, and also, Crystal has not said that the violation had anything to do with her eating disorder. So I believe she said that part of it was because she was naked and she didn't want Sutton to see her body. Because obviously, when Sutton, what was this last season? 
came into her room to return her coat. Crystal was like, oh, my God, I felt so violated. You walked into my room and I was naked and blah, blah, blah. So I understand how that may be an issue with body image. But there's a difference between body image and eating disorders, right? Though body image can contribute to an eating disorder, they're not synonymous. They're not the same thing. And so my interpretation of what Crystal said about the violation was that it was in reference to her body and her body image, her self-image versus, you know, because it was asked clearly at the reunion, was the fear, because I mean, I can say I had that fear of, of a family member or a friend walking in on you while you're purging. I did have that happen to me one time. I had a friend walk in on me as that was happening and it was one of the most shameful and just awful things that I could experience because it felt like I just felt so much shame for getting caught doing that. And so I understand how when that was asked at the reunion, is that part of what you were afraid of when Sutton walks in? And Crystal was very clear. She's like, no, that's not what I was afraid. That's not what my violation was. It wasn't about the binging and purging. It was more about like being seen naked. And listen, we all face body image issues. I don't think we want anybody to walk in on us naked. I don't think, you know, I think a lot of us have insecurities about our body. That's natural. That's human. That doesn't mean that we have an eating disorder. So there's a difference between body image and eating disorders. I don't believe Dorit was trying to make fun of her body image or her eating disorder. But we can also agree, Crystal's way too fucking sensitive. Like at this point, like, come on, let the mouse go. Leave Sutton alone. Um, like enough. Okay, I want to give a shout out to my favorite healthy meat stick brand, Chomps. Made from the highest quality, sustainable protein without any junk or hidden ingredients. Listen, I don't spill low-budget tea, and we don't chomp on that low-budget meat. I'm talking grass-fed and finished only, okay? With only clean ingredients. And these aren't some stale or greasy meat sticks you find at the gas station. These bad boys are yummy. I like them as a perfect power punch after a workout or in between tapings, or as a great way to stay fueled on the go. They keep me full and satiated throughout the day, which really helps me cut those late-night cravings. Each stick is packed with 9 to 10 grams of protein with no sugar. They're gluten-free, carb-free, Whole30 friendly, and paleo certified. Boom, let's pack in some healthy protein and cut those ravenous cravings. And this week only, use code ZAC20 for 20% off your order. Head on over to chomps.com. Use code ZAC20 at chomps. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com right now. You're not going to regret it. Apparently, Ashley Darby and Luke Gulbrunson um, had a little vibe that was going on during BravoCon weekend. I'm secretly hoping that they did hook up. Probably not. I know at the Potomac panel, uh, when Ashley was talking about her divorce, everybody was cheering and they're like, yay, divorce from Michael Darby. Listen, if you can leave Michael Darby and get you some Luke, I'm here for it. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me, quick jump out for you, let it get inside of me. He might be a little gay and that might be why he had issues with Hannah Burner and why, well, I mean, maybe he just wasn't interested in her. Who knows? But he just doesn't seem like he can commit. So he's either got like some serious mommy issues or maybe, you know, He's been secretly craving some D, some vitamin D. So, but regardless, I really do hope. Like, drop that OnlyFans. Like, Ashley Darby and Luke, hell yeah. I'm down for it. Let's get it. Luke from Summer House. I'm here for it. Vicky from OC, the OG of the OC. She had some beef with Ashley Darby, and she had some beef with Teresa. Apparently, Ashley Darby said, I think it was on Watch What Happens Live, that Vicky was the most, was the rudest Bravo Leb or housewife that she's ever interacted with. And she was unhappy about that. I guess it was when they were doing housewife to housewife. And Vicky was like, oh, I thought I was going to be doing it with the housewife. And I didn't know who Ashley was. And Ashley's like, well, guess who's a housewife now, bitch? Me, not you. And also, I think on uh, OC, they confirmed that even though Vicky was spotted filming with, or she was spotted out with Shannon and I think Tamara, I think they were all out to lunch and it was rumored that she was coming back that that might not be the case. I don't remember if that was filmed or not filmed, but I guess one of the producers said that, you know, it's not true. 
um, that she's likely not going to be coming back. But she did also have beef with Teresa when she was asked who the most overrated housewife is. And Vicky said Teresa is the most overrated housewife. And Teresa was pissed about that. So there was also lots of beef on the Salt Lake City panel and on the Potomac panel. Both very spicy. Both lots of clapbacks. Apparently Mia and the Grand Dame don't appear to be on the best of terms. Um Candace also, you know, going hard. Who else was it? There was someone else that I remember seeing on the Potomac panel. But anyway, there was a lot of some shade being thrown. Same thing with Salt Lake City. We had Whitney and Lisa Barlow on one side. We had Meredith and Heather on the other side. It seems like there's no resolution in either of their friendships because they were both clapping back at each other. Whitney claims that she kept trying with Heather Gay and Heather just couldn't give her the time of day. Heather is like, well, that's because I live up Jen Shaw's asshole and I want to believe that she's not going to prison. So I don't know. Whitney and Heather don't seem to be on good terms. Meredith and Lisa also don't seem to be on good terms. It seems like whatever their issues were leaving last year's reunion, it's exactly the same place we're in today at BravoCon. Same issues, same conversations, all the same thing. Doesn't seem like anything has moved forward or any sort of resolution has been made. So Sonia and Lou have a spinoff. I guess we knew this, but it's finally been officially announced. It'll be premiering in early 2023, and it's going to be called Welcome to Crappy Lake, which kind of sounds like a, um, a reality version of Schitt's Creek, where, you know, we take people that are wealthy and people that are, you know, accustomed to a certain lifestyle and we take them into a more humble lifestyle. So they're going to Crappy Lake, C-R-A-P-P-I-E. Crappy Lake is where Sonia and Lou are headed and that'll be dropping in early 2023. Bravo also announced a new show, Love Without Borders, which to me just kind of sounds like a knockoff of 90 Day Fiance. Um... Family Karma is coming back for a third season. What else did we get? Um, the Roni reboot has been fully cast, and the producers say that this cast is a spectacular group of women. I think I'll be the judge of that. We'll see. I haven't been like super jazzed about this New York reboot, but we shall see. Andy at BravoCon did tease that Dorinda is likely going to be coming off pause, which leads everyone to assume that she'll definitely be in Roni Legacy. Jill Zarin said that she does not believe that she'll be part of Legacy. It also appears that Bethany, well, we know Bethany's definitely not going to be a part of Legacy. We know Alex McCord's definitely not going to be part of Legacy. And it appears Ramona might need, might not be part of Legacy either. Um, Andy said something. I guess he was asked about Ramona in his Ask Andy panel on Sunday. And he mentioned something about Ramona like how we haven't worked with Ramona since that season because I guess someone asked about the last season of Royal Housewives of New York and why there wasn't a reunion and he gave multiple reasons as to why there wasn't a reunion but he also said we haven't worked with Ramona since that season and people are like well, what about Ultimate Girls Trip he's like well Ultimate Girls Trip was filmed before that so was Ultimate Girls Trip filmed before the season or was it filmed before the season aired because if the season aired and we still gave her Ultimate Girl Shop, like, I don't know, that's a little different. Um, but, like, if we don't get Alex and we don't get Bethany and it appears we're not getting Ramona and Jill Zarin is now publicly on the panel saying that she doesn't think she'll be back either, then, like, who are we going to get? Dorinda and who? Dorinda, Lou, Sonia, and Kelly Ben Simone? I'm sorry, but that's not anything I'm looking forward to watching. Sonia and Lou are cute, but Sonia and Lou are cute in the ensemble. They're cute with Ramona. They're cute with Bethany. They're, I mean, and if we're going to do legacy, then we should do Jill. I mean, I would love Bethany, but we know that'll never happen. Jill, Bethany, Ramona, Luann, Sonia, Dorinda. Those are the six that have the most history. Those are the six that, well, I mean, I guess it's not fair to say Dorinda started the show with them, even though she did know them all during that time. And we see her sprinkled in some of the earlier seasons, but I don't know. Whatever. Dorinda's coming back. Jill Zarin doesn't think she's coming back. We'll see what the reboot has to bring. Danielle and Lindsay from Summer House, apparently they've confirmed that they're not in a good place with their friendship. So... <laughs> 
seems to be a theme. Friendships just keep falling apart around here. Uh, we got a new trailer for Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3 that's going to be coming soon to Peacock. No official release date yet. It does look wild. It looks crazy. Well, I guess it didn't look that wild and crazy, but neither did the trailer for Seasons 1 or Season 2. But they ended up both being great. So I have faith that season three will be great. It appears Candace is at the center of a lot of drama. Leah's at the center of a lot of drama. Heather and Whitney are at odds still. I feel like, how long are we going to drag this fight out? Like, when are we either going to not be friends anymore or when are we going to be friends again? Um, Portia seems to be dragging Leah. So they seem to be beefing. So we have that to look forward to. We also see a lot... Um, I guess just a lot of like fun, cheeky, vacationy moments. But we also got a new trailer for the new season of Real Housewives of Miami, which is coming to Peacock this December. It shows Lisa Hochstein's husband Lenny at the center of a lot of the drama. And listen, the Miami trailer did look kind of wild, but it mainly focused on the Lisa Hochstein affair drama with Lenny. And she seems to be talking. She's ready to mention it all. She's like, hell yeah, he cheated on me with that bitch. And I'm ready to talk about it. We see Leah Black makes her cameo with Lisa, where I guess she's talking to her about Lenny and guiding her through this divorce, it seems. So Adriana and Marisol are back, and it does not appear that they got their mojitos. It looks like the cast is exactly the same as what we got last season. So there's that. And it sounds like that's the biggest and juiciest bits that we got from BravoCon. Trying to think if there's anything else that's been like super mega juicy that came out of BravoCon. I mean, it seems like it was fun for sure. Um, Yeah, season three. Shannon Bedore teases a full-blown Trace Amigas reunion. Um, so it is, I don't know. The producer said that Vicky wasn't coming back, but maybe Vicky is coming back. I mean, at this point, who knows, right? Who freaking knows? What else do we have? Ultimate Girls. Yeah, it doesn't look like anything major came from Sunday, aside from the two trailers that dropped. So, yeah, those are the biggest and juiciest bits. Everything else probably, you know, seemed fun. BravoCon looked like a lot of fun. I know some people complained about, like, the lines were long and the crowds and whatever. But, like, listen, that's a conference, right? Things are going to be a little overpriced. Crowds are going to be a thing. Long lines are going to be a thing. Every Bravo Leb and housewife and celeb isn't going to be able to take a photo with everyone. So I didn't see anything aside from like the stampede with the Real Houses of Beverly Hills panel where they were all charging security. Aside from that, didn't seem like the experience was all that out of the ordinary for like a conference of that scale. As somebody that's attended them in the past, as somebody that's produced them in the past, I can say that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Let's talk Halloween Ends, okay? Because Halloween Ends aired. I will start off with some brief thoughts and then I'll get into some spoilers. I will brief you before I reveal any spoilers. So if you don't want any spoilers, you can dip out. But I will say I actually liked Halloween Ends. I thought it was great. It was way better than Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills was a terrible movie. Halloween Ends was great. I think many people weren't expecting that sort of ending, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. I don't remember the last two movies being as spooky or as gory or as like, I guess the first one, the first of this new trilogy, Halloween 2018, that one, I guess was, there was a bit of some story to it, but this one had the most story and it was spookier. Um, and it seemed to be a little gorier. Maybe the the first two were as well. I just don't really remember it. But this one definitely had a chill to it. Um, I enjoyed it. If you like like scary movies, if you like Jamie Lee Curtis, I wouldn't even... Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of scary. I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, scary was maybe like a 7.5, maybe an 8 in the scary factor. But I don't even think... I would say a 7 in terms of scary. I don't think it was scary. Uh, we do have some bloody scenes. We do have some spooky moments. We do have some gory scenes. Other than that, it, I don't. I would not really classify it as all that scary. Um, but here we go. Spoilers ahead. So if you want to dip out, now is your chance to dip out before you get any of the spoilers. All right. Now that the disclaimer is out, there is virtually no Kyle Richards in this movie. She is barely even there. I'm just like, 
I don't remember a single line that she even spoke throughout the film. She's in like three scenes, maybe four scenes. I think one of them's like a flashback sort of scene. Um, But she has no real dialogue. She's not in any of the major plot points. They really milked her appearance in the press and in the promos because she's literally not even a main character, like not even any bit slightly. Like she could have been a background extra. That's how much we get of Kyle. Her whole part in it felt like very random. Um, she would just kind of be like standing next to Jamie Lee Curtis as Jamie Lee Curtis is like putting the pieces together of like, where could Michael Myers be? What's going on? And then you have Kyle just kind of standing there next to her and like looking at her like, what's going on? Huh? What? So she gave some good reactions, but not a ton of lines, not a ton going on where like, I don't know how it made any sense. Maybe she was part of it originally and maybe she had a bigger role, but we just ended up cutting her out because it didn't make a ton of sense in the main storyline. Um, but yeah, the film to me read more as like a story of how the town created a monster. We meet Corey, who's a new character in the third film. Um, he accidentally kills a little boy while he's babysitting. The town thinks that he's a monster for killing a child, but he knows that it was just an accident. But the town doesn't seem to think that or they seem to be judging him for killing a child. Um the kid was a little bit of a brat. He locked him in like a closet or something or in like the attic. And then Corey kicks the door open. And as he kicks the door open, the kid flies over the, um, the balcony for the stairway, the railing for the stairs. And so he falls over and then falls down and, and dies. Um, so yeah, spoiler, there's that. So he kills a little boy feels bad about it. The town's like, oh my God, you're a monster. He eventually, Corey eventually finds Michael Myers, who's been hiding out for some time. Lori and her granddaughter, Allison, they seem to be in a good place in present day. Lori's daughter, who was Judy Greer, her character does really die in Halloween Kills. That that was a cliffhanger from last, the last movie was, did Julie, Judy Greer's character actually die? She really died. So this is them post-grief, post-loss. Lori seems to be in a healthy place mentally and emotionally. She doesn't seem to be living in fear any longer. She's writing a book about how to overcome your fears. Corey becomes Allison's love interest, but also gets this, or he develops this like dark edge to him as the town bullies like are kind of, you know, picking on him and, and, you know, teasing him and, you know, just hazing him for the most part. And it's a real battle of whether or not the town turning on Corey made him evil or if he was always evil, if he always had that evil streak inside him. Allison obviously is falling for Corey. She wants to run away with Corey, but Laurie's like, no, I can tell that there's something off with this guy. Don't do it. So it it leads you to think that Corey is going to be like the next Michael Myers, that maybe we kill Michael in the movie and then Corey takes over and steals his mask. Corey and Michael begin killing people together. They meet. They look into each other's eyes. They relate, I guess, on some sort of pain or trauma or whatever the case may be. Um, And they are just going around town killing people together this time. Corey has his own mask that's not the Michael Myers mask, but a different mask. So it seems to be like he's going to follow in his footsteps until there's a final showdown where Corey tries to kill Lori, which is Jamie Lee Curtis's character. So the new kid tries to kill Jamie Lee Curtis. He ends up killing himself while they're like fighting and trying to kill each other. At the last minute, he ends up getting a knife and shoving it into his throat. Then Michael Myers appears in the final showdown. And this is where Laurie and Allison ultimately both end up killing Michael Myers. They stab him multiple times and there's blood everywhere. And they're really trying to kill him and hoping that he's really dead this time. Then once it's confirmed that they did kill him, then the town gets his body and they march him to, um, I guess, to like the lake or they have this giant crushing machine um, and Lori ends up getting his body and throwing it into the giant crushing machine, which completely like crushes him to pieces and like blood splatter and like body parts squished together. So like at this point, it's very clear he is dead. There is no way he's alive. He's most definitely gone. He's not coming back. I don't remember seeing Kyle in the final scene with the town marching to kill Michael Myers. I don't remember seeing her. I don't know where she was. Maybe she was off, you know, fighting with, Kathy I don't know but anyway Michael's definitely dead Halloween definitely ended uh it seems Corey might have taken over or that seems to have been like the direction that I was under the impression the film series was going to go in but Corey also dies by stabbing himself in the neck and there's lots of blood so I'm assuming he's definitely dead too but who knows there may be a plot twist somewhere 
Maybe there's a new killer that can come forth for a future series. I don't really know. They definitely left some groundwork to show how a monster like Michael Myers is created. So I would say it's possible if they decide to go in that direction. But at least for Lori and Michael, that story has fully come to an end. It was good. It had the psychological piece to it. It had the dark elements to it. It had the slasher elements to it. It wasn't very campy at all, which a lot of these movies like Scream. Scream's very campy. Scream has a lot of these campy moments. I don't like horror films. I hate scary movies. I would say I actually kind of enjoyed this for being a scary movie. I tried to watch Dahmer as well. I've only gotten through two episodes. That's really dark. It's not as dark and as like scary as I was expecting it to be because a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's so hard to watch. Um, it is hard to watch. I will say that, but the way people were describing it made me think it was a lot worse than it actually is. And again, I don't like scary movies. I don't like, I don't watch, like, I don't even watch American Horror Story. To me, I'm like, fuck that shit. That looks terrifying. No, thank you. But Halloween Ends was good. I liked it. I would recommend it. If you want a scary movie this Halloween, do it. (sighs) All right, guys. Well, Thank you for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. I will say this. If you have any content creators that you love out there, we all work very, very hard. Show them some love. Leave them a five-star rating on their podcast. If you want to leave me a five-star rating on the podcast, you can go to Apple Podcasts right now. They mean a lot. I really, really do. You don't realize how much they help with rankings and exposure and Apple prioritizes podcasts that do well in the ratings and, and charts So or ratings and reviews. So please, if you can, that would be incredible to support me support others show that you love our content and show us how you love our content i'm not just speaking for myself but i'm speaking about anybody listen if you're watching this on youtube one hit the subscribe button hit the like button and leave a comment below but if you're watching me on youtube i'm pretty sure you have other channels that you watch as well show them some love we work very very hard and i think spreading that love is very important and we appreciate it and it's free so if you can spread a little bit of that love this week um, give me a follow at just plain Zach. If you want to keep up with me personally, if you don't give a shit about me personally, and you want to f- just keep up with the latest reality TVT, give us a follow at no filter with Zach on the Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, sign up for members only. It's only two ninety nine a month. Lots of fun, additional bonus content. Get some no filter wine at no filter no filter wine.com 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. Stock up today. Must be 21 or older to order and please sip responsibly. All right, guys. I love you. I mean it. Talk to you later. Bye, 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 bye.